Why a minstrel? It creates an atmosphere. Why a minstrel? Because they reflect the emotions of man and they help release the heart of God. Uh, why a minstrel? Because they help create an atmosphere. Two, because they reflect the emotions of man and they release the heart of God. And three, they enhance the culture to hear and receive from God. Some years ago, I was ministering in Germany, did a lot in some years ago. And I had a dream about a poem. And that dream set me on the journey to research the poem. And a German town of Hamlin was infested with rats. And the story of the Pied Piper said in 1284, a stranger in Pied, multicolored clothing, offered to get rid of, of them, the rats, for a stated sum. The city officials agreed. The stranger proceeded to walk through the streets playing the pipe of flute, and the rats poured out of every hiding place to follow him. He led them into the river where they drowned. But the officials reneged on the promise to pay. Music industry. (laughs) But the contractors reneged on the promise to pay, engaging the piper with their double dealing. The piper picked up his instrument and again walked through the streets. This time, it was the children of the town who followed him. He led them to a mountain that opened to receive them and then closed after them. The children were never seen again. An entire generation was lost. When we see this story in a positive light, by putting on the redemptive prophetic lens, recognizing that something similar has happened in this generation. Music has been used for both good and evil. An entire generation of young people has followed it blindly. Music has an enticing power, and only musicians whose motives are pure will be able to lead others deeper into God. And it is time for God's Holy Spirit anointed pipers to come along and play the songs of heaven on earth and capture the hearts of a generation. True spiritual warfare will result and we will drive the rats out of our cities and regions because, yes, music plays a powerful part. Some years ago, I think, that in a non-instrumental Church of Christ, very close by, (laughs) a young teenage girl showed up with a guitar and played. And this city has never been the same since. Somebody bring me a minstrel. When little Amy Grant played her guitar across the street, a minstrel showed up and was released in this town. And this city started changing. So God bring more minstrels to this town. Because we have been declaring that Music City USA is supposed to be worship city to the world. Amen. My closing, it comes from this book again. And become what you sing. In addition, you can also become what you are singing about. You can become a part of the message of the song. If you're singing about holiness... You want to be holy yourself. If you're going to sing about comfort, let it be. (laughs) Because 
you have become comforted. And you can therefore give comfort to others. If your song is about encouragement, go ahead and give some real encouragement to somebody else. Perhaps the song is an intercessory prayer put to music. And you're identifying with the wishes and the needs of your city or church or your nation. And you simply want to turn that heartfelt yearning for change into a melody unto the Lord. You can find limitless numbers of ways to worship him as we have underlined in the purity of your worship by adding loving actions to inspired songs of the Lord. The prophetic song of the Lord is responsive song. You turn your ear to his voice and he tells you something. And when you go into a city, when I go into a city for my next assignment, I do this everywhere I go. I ask God, what song are you singing over this city? That's why I sing, folks. Because God sings over every person, and God sings over every city. And I go into cities, and I go into regions, and I ask, Holy Spirit, what is your song? When I go into a city for my next assignment, I ask the Holy Spirit to open my heart and my ear so I can hear what the song of the Messiah is redemptively singing over the city, the congregation, the people, the group, or the nation. And then I become an echo or a megaphone declaring his kind intentions in the earth realm. These kinds of prophetic songs of the Lord can often be used to help elevate the entire atmosphere into another realm, the God zone. A sphere where his love is known and where all things are possible. And when we respond in pure worship-filled song, our songs rise like incense to him, and we love to hear them. How wonderful it is that we not only get to sing to him, we also get to be ambassadors and sing on his behalf wherever we may find ourselves. Oh, how I love to sing the songs of Zion. Since my youth, this has been my primary passion. I started, stated earlier, before I was ever a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, and an author, I was a singer. And a priestly singer I will be until I today. I pass through to the other side. I know that this is one ministry that will continue forever. I never plan on stopping singing. For eternity, I will sing the song of and to the Lord. Do you want a ministry that will be relevant in the here and the now as well as in the hereafter? Then let the song of the Lord become an integral part of your own life of pure worship. Nearer my God to thee, my closing. (laughs) Stop, it says. Okay. (laughs) Well done. Nearer my God to thee. Nearer to thee. Even though it be a cross that raises me, still all my song shall be nearer, my God, to thee. Nearer, my God, to thee. Nearer to thee. Though like the wanderer the sun go down, darkness be over me, my rest a stone. Yet in my dreams I'd be nearer, my God, to thee. There let the way appear, steps unto heaven, all that thou sendest me in mercy given, angels to beckon my nearer God to thee. Then with my waking thoughts bright with thy praise, out of my stories, griefs, Bethel I'll raise. So by my woes to be, nearer my God to thee. Or if on a joyful wing, Cleaving to the sky, sun, moon, and stars, forget upward I will fly. Still all my songs shall ever be nearer, my God, to thee. There in my Father's home, safe and at rest, there in my Savior's love, perfectly blessed. Age after age to be nearer, my God, to thee. Would somebody bring me a minstrel? I want to introduce a friend who is a father 
in the global worship movement, someone that I had the pleasure of working and walking with in Kansas City. And when our family moved here, getting close to 18 years ago, a little entourage uh, followed. And I would love for my friend, Chris Dupree, to come bring me a minstrel. I've been a wor- I got saved in 73, and because I played guitar, I became a worship leader. It uh, didn't really matter to anyone that two weeks earlier I was had been doing dope nonstop every day for a year. The fact that I was now a Christian and played guitar, that was the criteria. Uh, basically, if you play guitar and had a pulse, you could be on the worship team. And there were a couple, I'm not even sure about the pulse, but uh, they, were, they were there. Um, and ten years later, uh, the pastor who was overseeing a Bible school also in the, in the Rochester area, put up a uh, thing at the the back of the church. He said, I I have a list in the back of the church um, for a class on uh, teaching and preaching that those that would like to be a part of that, and I'd been leading worship for 10 years. I thought, yeah, I want to take this class. I want to, I'd like to expand what I do. Uh, I love what I do, and I'd like to have another tool in the tool belt, so to speak, Um, because I have things that are on my heart to say. And when I went back, my name wasn't on the list, but it, it said, if your name's not on this list, talk to me and, and I'll pray about it. So I found him after church. I said, oh, my name's not on the list. I'd, I'd really like to be a part of this. And then he put his arm around me. You know when someone does that? And, th- and then they tap you twice on the shoulder. And then they say your first name. But they say, ah, in front of it. Ah, Chris. And so I knew what was coming. And he goes, oh, Chris, you're just a worship leader. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. 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 And, and uh, he said, you need to be content with what you do because worship leaders don't speak and speakers don't sing. Ooh. And uh, wrong. wrong. Yes, exactly right. Uh, so I went back a couple of days later and said, by the way, you never prayed about it. You just said no. Yes. And so he handed me a sheet that said, the truth will set you free. Preach on that in two weeks. And I said, don't I get to pick it? And he said, no. We'll find out whether you can or can't in two weeks. All right. <clears throat> so um, I did. God showed up and he said, don't take my class. It'll ruin what you do. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. Just a worship leader? Just someone that expands someone's heart to actually connect to God after they've had a, a horrible day, week, moment. I remember one gal who came up to me after worship one time and said, thank you. I said, thank you for what? I said, thank you for just opening up heaven to me. I slapped my kids in the parking lot of the church before I got out. She said, I, yeah, no. For those listening, the applause was James. I'm sorry. So then James said to me, I slapped my knife. Um, but we have no clue what people are going through. Come on, Chris. When someone says, bring me a minstrel, if you think that, that your role is... and, and, and Brother, excuse me for for saying what I'm going to say, but I understand what you said. But if it's just to prepare somebody for the word, then what happens if there's no word and there's just worship? Did we miss it that week? Because if there's worship, there's the word because he is the word. Okay. And so the testimony, if, if the prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, there's no more prophetic worship than he shows up. And he joins his heart to our heart. And then we begin to see him a little bit more. And then as, as 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we become what we behold. Yeah. So if he comes up and shows himself as beautiful, we become more beautiful. If he comes and shows himself as more merciful, we become more merciful people. Because we begin to behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're transformed into the same image that we see. We have to have a mentor. We have to have someone that opens us up to us. 
And if, if we can't, if there's nobody around, then open up the Word of God and right. begin to sing it right. and become a minstrel. Right. <clears throat> Here's this, this awesome, awesome scripture. And, and uh, well, you know that you know the story uh, in, in, in Second in Chronicles 20 <clears throat> when it came time to go to battle. Jehoshaphat, it says he went after those that were singers and that loved to sing. I love that, that loved to sing. Wow. Okay, and they went after them and they began to sing. And the the next line is that when they began to sing, by the way, what they sang is really important. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I mean, that is the anthem of God's people and it should be forever. So what they did was they sang of God's personality. Okay, and here's one thing that we need to be careful of. We don't just sing our anger about something and put it to a tune. They sang the nature and the presence and the personality of God and said that in the midst of that, he's good. Yeah. As opposed wow. to making that the object of our singing. Right? And so they said that for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And then the next line says, and the Lord set an ambush against their enemies. Yes. So they sang, he ambushed. So I think a lot of times, you know, even, even with our worship and warfare, we get so caught up in the warfare uh, aspect of things that we, we disconnect from the one who is to be worshipped. So may it never be. But here's a, here's a wonderful scripture, and I, I ask people, I won't ask this because I, I don't want to be, have any embarrassment here this morning, but when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all people, nations, language, they all fell down and worshipped. You say, wow, where's that from? Revelation Four, five, uh, Revelation 19. I said, no, actually, it's in Daniel chapter 3, verse 7. I didn't finish the sentence. They fell down and worshipped the golden image. The word worship here is the same word for worship throughout the Old Testament. Same word. Which means what, Chris? It means that you can actually worship without love. We can worship without love. We can get up and we can sing somebody else's words that they got inspired on the back of a hillside. <clears throat> and we can do it and go for 45 minutes and think about words and football games in the afternoon and watch people that we don't think are correct and uh, how they express themselves and, and every now and then tune in and then tune out and, and then suddenly it's all, it's all done and our worship experience, we rate it with somebody else. You know, gosh, they, they, I wish they had the A-team today. Why do we have this group? Come on. Um, you know, and so then we rate worship, and then we blame someone else because our heart didn't connect to God. Come on. Wow. Jesus, come on. So, you know, if you call for a minstrel, you're going to get what the minstrel has. And, and sometimes what they have is a little different than you, and what you need is sometimes a little different than you. Um, well, the Lord, you know, in First Samuel 13, Saul screws up, and it says, "For the Lord sought for Himself a man after His own heart." Uh, we know who that man is. He was different. He was different than other people. He was different than other leaders. He was different than other men. He, he, he had. He was the full package. You know, and uh, what, what's, what's interesting about David is that um, he, when I first heard that, I was a runner. So you know, like, really? really? <laughs> um, yes, I was. And, and uh, I, had, I had Villanova William and Mary ready to give me full track scholarships to train me for the 76 Olympics. I was fast. I was in high school. I was breaking college records as a 16-year-old in, two, in, in three events. I went back to my 40th reunion. I have three track records that haven't been touched yet since 1971 and 72. No, that's all. But here's what what happened. Competition got into my brain. So when someone said a man after God's own heart, it was to run after, to seek after, to be the one out in front of everybody else, following God like nobody else did. My spiritual life was competitive. It was competitive against somebody else. I'm going to sing louder. I'm going to write a better song. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I went to a wedding a number of years later, and somebody, this lady in front of me is looking at the groom, and then looking at the father, and then two sons who were a part of the wedding. And, and they all looked alike, just like ditto copies. And she says, my, 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 you take after your daddy, don't you? And you take after, and you take after. And then I just went back, and, and I went, 
wait a minute, take it, just highlight it into my heart. Yes. Sought for herself a man after God's own heart. So I looked it up. It's not run after, it's take after. Wow. Okay? To take after is to, to have the attributes and the character and the heart and the desire and the love and the mercy. I want to take after him. David was a man after God's own heart. Why could God trust him with things? Because he understood the heart, what, what the heart of God would be like. So I can trust him because he has my heart. Yes. He takes that. So therefore, when Saul <clears throat> goes against David, David's response to Saul, kind of when Saul says, bring me a minstrel, it's like, for him? Are you kidding? Yeah. His authority? I hate this authority. He's my pastor, but man, he wants me to come on Wednesday nights and he wants me to come early on Saturday morning for a meet early. <laughs> He's evil. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know. But the, but here's the, here's the here's the thing is that David's kind response to Saul was because David saw kindness in God. Yeah. Yeah. David's David's forgiveness to Saul, allowing him to live in the cave, was because David experienced the forgiveness of God. Yes. So as, as worship leaders, I, I want to implore you. Um, <clears throat> years ago, a friend called. He said, I was in college, said, hey, come to, to Ithaca. He was in Cornell. Come to Ithaca. I'm from upstate New York. It was a two and a half hour drive from where I was in college. Uh, we, my, my girlfriend has a friend. Uh, Love to fix you up for a date for a dance. A two and a half hour drive on a motorcycle for a blind date. But I love my friend. We'd gone, we went to school together from kindergarten on. And I said, oh, what's she like? And he said, oh, she's really nice. <laughs> exactly. My dog was nice. So it was like, eh. what would she look like? Oh, she's cute. So I drove two and a half hours, and the first 30 seconds, I knew it was going to be a long night, and it was. And then the dance ended, and I gave a side hug, hopped on my motorcycle, and drove back to my college. <laughs> because all night long, every time one somebody would get up and go away, my friend or his girlfriend would say, so what do you think? What do you think? Huh? 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 You like her? 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 It's like, that's the worst part of the blind date is everybody else, huh? Huh? What do you think? And then I get saved. I get into church, and everybody's telling me to love, 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 love Jesus. And I remember sitting there in the first year feeling like I was on a blind date because no one was, no one was showing me who he was. They were telling me to love. And you can't tell someone to love. You have to invite them into a relationship to love. Worship leaders. Yeah. Stop yelling at your church. Invite them and take them where you've gone. And if you haven't go, gone there, go there. Go there. That's good. That's good, Chris. So when you call for a minister, what do they play? Why do they play? Who do they play for? Ooh, so-and-so's in the audience. I'm going to do my new song. I know he's a producer, maybe. And then the Lord's going the other way, but you have to do the thing that you want to do and God's moving this way <clears throat> I know none of that's written down here but <laughs> but you know finally when I realized you know what somebody else I, I'm going to see Jesus I'm going to, he's going to unveil himself because that's what he wants to do the spirit of God wants me to see who he is the spirit of God wants me to fall in love with him because if I do it's because I've known the affection from him. I only love, you know that, the rest of it. We love because what? He first loved. And that's not, that's not chronological. We think, oh, yes, 2,000 years ago he loved me, and 2,000 years later, little Chrissy Dupre gets born. And then finally he, he, he realizes and falls in love with him because 2,000 years ago, but it's more than that. It is chronological, but it's more than that. It's, I, it's really another translation. I have the capacity to love because I, I know love. Do you hear that? Because I know love, I have the capacity to love. Or it can be read to the extent I know his affection. I release that affection. 
So my affection, my love as a worshiper, as a worship leader, is dependent on the knowledge of the affection of God to me. And we have it backwards sometimes. We're pushing love, you must love, love, love. And sometimes we just need to stop back as worship leaders, as just human beings, and just say, I need to grow in this affection so that I can give it out. Because they're forever tied together. That's good. Worship leaders. Boy, I I could be very offensive with a statement. I really don't want to. I love this whole thing, okay? If you, if you look at it, it's ragged. I've got another one at home. They're ragged. i got one in one place and one in another, and they're underlined in different places, and there's coffee stains. I don't even drink coffee. I don't even know how that got on there. <laughs> I, I, I don't. And, and I love it. And I love the Old Testament. I love the New Testament. But I am, I am of the fortunate, blessed ones who the Old Testament looked at and said, there's coming a new covenant. Ezekiel 36, I will, there, there will come a day I will give them a new heart. I will put my capital S spirit within them. Yes. Okay? We live in that day. Yes. So can we, can we convey new covenant understanding without using old covenant language? Yes. I want to use new. I want to use Old Testament and New Testament verbiage. I want to take the whole Word of God and put it out there. But I want to make sure that I don't leave Old Covenant understanding out of my song or into my songs, so that I lose a New Covenant understanding. Yeah. What do I mean? <clears throat> if my song requires me to do something. All right, to gain his affection or his attention, I'm using Old Covenant language. I, I, I pray because I have his attention. I don't pray to get his attention. I pray because I have his attention. I worship not to gain his affection. I worship because I have his affection. Okay? So let our songs and let our language, let it be filled with New Covenant. He is there. He'll never leave me, forsake me. All right. Yes, I have responsibilities. Yes, I know there's work to do. But I'll tell you, when Jesus said, this is the work I have for you, that you believe on him who has sent. My work first is to believe. For some of us, that's the hardest work we can do. So I want to call the, I want to call the minstrels forth. I want to join them. I've been doing this for 40, oh, it'll be 42 years this year. <clears throat> and I, I feel like I have just begun. I feel like I'm, I'm beginning... Uh, Every morning, a new, there's new mercies inviting me. Yeah. One of the things the Lord said a while back, he said, Chris, I, why are you getting up? Are you getting up for duty or are you getting up for destiny? I just said, wow. I, I got up so many times to be at the church at 7 to unlock the church, to get it ready for two services in the morning. And I was the only one there for a half, three-quarters of an hour, getting stuff ready, turning on the sound system and all of that. And for so long, I did things for duty until he said that. Now that now he's attached to everything out of destiny. One last quick story. True story. Um, Agriculture College in Texas <clears throat> wanted to do an experiment, or they had they had. Um, if you know anything about West Texas trees, not a lot of them. And <laughs> and in this particular school, they had an air, they had about ten acres that was set aside for students to plant. And they had all sorts of little plots that they could they could plant. And around three sides of this thing were trees. And if you know anything about birds, they like trees. Okay? And so if there's not many trees around, if you have some, they're, they're, they were filled. And this, this, this little area was filled with birds. And the people out here working on their plants, their flowers and their vegetables, etc., doing experiments, doing this and that, they kept getting... So they went They went to the dean and they said, can you do something about this? Our teacher won't do something. Well, I, I can't wear clothes, normal clothes. I have to wear this. It's hot. It's this West Texas. Can you help us? So they, they put these little things in the trees that made such a high-pitched sound, the birds went away. And the plants began to die. Wow. Went, wow, this is great. The, the teacher said, this is great. This is an experiment. Let's do something. So they brought in time-lapse photography and they watched the plant Without the, without the birds there, and in the morning when the dew came, the outside of the plant opened up like this. And the little bit of the dew went in. Because in West Texas, you know, there's not a lot of groundwater, so they got to get as much of the dew as possible. 
And they said, okay, now we've got that, and it showed it, and they were showing, okay, now let's bring the birds back. So they took the trees, they disabled that, the birds came back. Instantly the plants began to sprout and get green and get fat and get moist. And so they, again, took time-lapse photography. And when they did, the outside of the plant, here's what, two things happen every morning that most of us don't even hear because either our fans are on or our alarm's set for later, is is dew takes place. Dew is filled. And when the dew comes, the birds begin to sing. Those two things happen together. Okay, and the first time there was just the dew. When the birds returned, the outside of the plant didn't do that. The outside of the plant did that. God created the song to open up for life. I invite the minstrels, sing. Open yourselves up. If you're not a singer, who cares? Okay, yeah, make a joyful noise. It's just open up. If you can hear the song, Zephaniah 3.17, he sings over me with joy. The word joy has a connotation of twirl. Okay, it has a connotation of dance and spin. So, this, this concept I get in my brain all the time is that God's singing and twirling over me, yeah. and he's so joyful. Yeah. He wants me to hear a song. Hallelujah. James sings over a city. Hallelujah. I want people to hear the song over them. Yeah. And when you do, it'll open up and you'll get life. Yeah. Bring me a minstrel and a song. Amen. see all your faces here this morning and my my back has been to you what a grand day today we have been envisioning this for quite some time and I so thank you James for for sharing for Thunder Worship Band for coming we've compiled a proclamation that we want to read over the worship leaders today and then a charge for you as well Proclamation of honor and charge to the worship leaders and psalmist of Greater Nashville. Father, we humbly stand in prayer and proclamation today on behalf of the worship leaders and psalmists of Greater Nashville in Middle Tennessee in order to exercise and extend the kingdom value of honor upon your servants. Whereas your word declares in John 4:23. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Therefore, we acknowledge these your minstrels, O Lord, who are called, appointed, and anointed to minister to you and lead your people into worship. Deuteronomy 10.8 We acknowledge their willingness to plow the fallow ground Prepare the hearts of the people for the sowing of the word. As it is written, and the Lord says in Judges 20.18, Judah shall go up first. We acknowledge their tireless pursuit of the purity of worship and the glory of His presence, as was recorded in the book of Chronicles when the fire fell in the temple and the priests were unable to stand under the weight of His glory. Second Chronicles 7. We acknowledge their willingness to bring a sacrifice of praise, likened unto the midnight praises sung by Paul and Silas in the bowels of imprisonment, which shook the earth and opened prison doors, causing chains to be loose and souls to be converted. Acts 16. We acknowledge their loneliness, the loneliness of their calling and the perseverance of their passion, while frequently being misunderstood, maligned, and even manipulated by consumer-driven political correctness. 1 Corinthians 12. We acknowledge their creative anointing and longing for fresh oil in a new song as they struggle against mediocrity in the malaise of the multitudes. Psalms 92.10 and Psalms 33.3. We acknowledge... That you have trained their hands for war and their fingers for battle in order to combat the high levels of spiritual warfare that they encounter on a daily basis in order to lead your people 
into worship. 2 Corinthians 10, Psalms 144. We acknowledge their courage to resist the Luciferic seduction of pride, the pressure to perform, and the ongoing temptation to compromise and fall prey to the spirit of competitive jealousy. Isaiah 14. We acknowledge, Father, that these are your Levitical psalmists, uniquely, inextricably belonging to you and your heavenly court, and that through them you have led an army of babes and sucklings in perfected praise, silencing the mouths of our enemies, setting ambushments against our foes, pushing back darkness from our region, and filling our temples with glory. Psalms 8, 2 Chronicles 20, and Numbers 8. We acknowledge that they are not their gift, and they are not for hire, but they have responded to a call as a minstrel unto the Lord. Therefore, we repent for being complicit with carnal behavior and hireling mentalities, not honoring the calling first and foremost. John 10, 1 Corinthians 3. We acknowledge that the worship leaders of Nashville and Middle Tennessee have elevated and even catapulted our region to greater realms of glory and grace while simultaneously plunging us deeper into the depths of intimacy and love of the Father. Revelation 21.10 and 1 John 4. We acknowledge these things. And now, therefore, we charge you. Would you stand for a charge, please? Worship leaders and psalmists. We'd like for the for the uh, fathers in the city that uh, have been notified to be ready to pray for you in just a moment. We love each and every one of you. And we thank God for you and who you are and what you are. And as we have repented this day on behalf of many, we now charge you. We charge you to come up even as Chris did earlier. Whereas Genesis 22, verse 1 through 5 states, And it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, and he said, Abraham, here I am. Then he said, Now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him as a burnt offering, as one of the mountains of which I tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had called him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. We, O Lord, charge these, your men and women, your Levitical priest, your psalmist, as you did Abraham by commanding him to go yonder and worship. Again, we say, go yonder and worship in obedience on the mountain when you hear his voice. Go yonder and worship, preparing the altar and the sacrifice with your Isaac. Go yonder and worship, expecting Jehovah Jireh to provide all of your needs. Go yonder and worship, celebrating in His covenantal commitment of love and His everlasting promise to the next generation through the finished work of Christ. Go yonder like Gideon and tear down the high places of idolatry and the Baal worship. Go yonder and meet the one who was in agony at Gethsemane, sweating great drops of blood, the one who bowed his knee and prayed and rose up and went forth in worship at a place called yonder. The one who was and is the very object and the purpose of our worship. The one and only Jesus Christ our Lord. Go yonder as did John the Revelator and sing to us again the song of the Lamb along with the 24 elders and the four living creatures and the 10,000s upon 10,000s. Revelation 4 and 5. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty who was and who is this to come Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. 
blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forevermore. Therefore, on this day, April the 1st, 2015, the leadership of Worship City Alliance bestows abundant honor upon the worship leader, psalmist of Greater Nashville and Middle Tennessee, recognizing that wherever honor is given, authority is released. The kingdom is advanced, all for the praise and the glory for God. So lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Let's give Him glory. Give Him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would like now for the fathers to come and just begin to bless. I would like for you to, psalmists, the worship leaders, to lift up your hands and receive now a blessing. Bob Jones prophesied over our city many years ago that as the fathers in the city came, they would, in unity, they would be a canopy over the entire city. And so we want to pray over you now. So let us just sing over you and pray over you even now.
to be 